At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And we've got a tremendous hour number three for you. It's Sean Green, he does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be chatting with him a little bit about week three in college football, week two of the NFL, what he's all taking a look at on both of those fronts. So we're going to be hitting both forms of football in this hour. We're going to go front half and back half with MLB as well, taking a look at what is going to be a good slate of baseball for this Wednesday. We're about three weeks away from the postseason as well. Keep in mind, there's going to be a couple of stray regular season games that go down in very, very early October in the baseball season because you did wind up seeing the work stoppage, what have you. So that's why you've been seeing some random doubleheaders like we had with the Miami Marlins and the Texas Rangers on Monday. But we've got a tremendous hour that's going to be coming up for you. Giving you some picks for Wednesday, giving you some picks moving forward in terms of the M, in terms of the NFL and college football slate. So let's dive in with some of Wednesday's games as we've been taking a look at some interleague games. We wound up hitting upon the National League in the last segment. Let's look at the American League and let's look at a game that I think is very, very sneaky as it's 917-918 on the board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing us to the Tampa Bay Rays with Drew Rasmussen going for the Rays and Ross Stripling on the bump for Toronto. And Toronto, anywhere between about a minus 110 to a minus 120 favorite. And you're getting between even money and plus 103 with the Rays. And total on this game, 
in most places it's a seven and a half. I'm starting to see a couple eights circulate as well, but mostly seeing seven and a half. And when it comes to a seven and a half total in this circumstance, I do think that it's just a tad bit too low. I do like the total over. Even at an eight, I would rather take an over rather than an under. I would say try to get that seven and a half if at all possible. But for the Tampa Bay Rays, Drew Rasmussen. You got to take caution with how good he has been recently because Drew Rasmussen, buck 41 ERA over the course of his last five serves, has been able to do a great job in terms of command. Not a guy that's going to go out there and be a strikeout artist right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. So it's nothing too demonstrative, either positively nor negatively, but he wound up having that very near, I believe it was perfect game. It might have been just a no hitter, but he's been absolutely tremendous from that point moving forward. And he does have a little bit of a split in terms of his fielding independent and ERA. 257 ERA, fielding independent of a 307. And he does wind up having a, his struggles when he is on the road. A little bit over a 3 ERA on the road compared to a buck 81 ERA at home. So that is something to dive into. And for Ross Rippling, he's just been good all over the place now. He's a little bit of a candidate for regression as well because he does wind up pitching to a lot of contact. I was talking about Rasmussen getting right around 8 strikeouts per 9 innings. Stripling a little bit below that, 7.8 strikeouts per nine innings. The command has been ridiculous, though. So 1.5 walks per nine innings, 0.8 home runs per nine innings, and he's just built for this ballpark. He's been posting up about a 275 ERA when he has been in Toronto this season, and you take a look at what he's been able to do recently, and it's been very good. He has given up three earned runs or fewer in darn near every one of his appearances this season. As a matter of fact, you have to go back to May 7th, the last time he wound up giving up more than three earned runs in a start, and that's the only time all season long that he did. And in this time span from that time in which he wound up giving up four runs against the Cleveland Guardians, from that point on, he's posted up a 260 ERA, giving up eight home runs over the course of 90 innings, 1.4 walks per nine innings in that time span. And the team, when he's pitching those 21 games, 16-5. and five. The Blue Jays have been able to have success with Ross Stripling on the mound. They have really needed Ross Stripling to have success as well because guys like Jose Barrios, who's been a little bit better recently along with Yusei Kikuchi, have not necessarily been what they were hoping for, but reason why I'm willing to side with the Toronto Blue Jays on a relatively close to pick em line. You're laying a little bit of juice, but it's a pretty tightly knit game is that the lineup just better with the Toronto Blue Jays as you've got Boba Shett along with Matt Chapman, Vlager Jr., George Springer, all these guys slugging out at least 19 home runs. And really, all these guys other than Chapman, they've been able to hit at least a 260 for this team. You've got Alejandro Kirk, who's been able to hit a 300. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, you've only got two guys with north of 10 home runs this season. That would be Randy Arena and Isaac Paredes. And Paredes along Taylor Walls, Yu Chang. you got a couple other guys that just have not been able to do a good job of being able to move the line now. They get back Manuel Margot. He's been able to hit about a 290 for this bunch. And then... Harold Ramirez has been able to do a very solid job as well for Harold Ramirez. He's been hitting right around about a 315, so that has been good. And both of these bullpens legitimately have been on their game as for the Tampa Bay Rays all season long. Jason Adam, he's been able to supply a sub-2 ERA. You've got back Pete Fairbanks, who for the season, he, Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch have all been able to give you a sub-3-3 ERA. Now Colin Pooch wound up having a rough day on Tuesday, but past that has been able to do a relatively solid job. But for the Toronto Blue Jays, since the beginning of the month of August, they are in the top three in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Since the All-Star break, they're a top five team in terms of ERA. They picked up Anthony Bass at the trade deadline. He, Yimi Garcia, you're able to go down the line 
of guys that are posting up a sub-3 ERA of their own end for Jordan Romano. He's been a really good closer as well, north of 30 saves, giving you a sub-250 ERA. So the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen has become much more trustworthy. They just see Ross Stripling to continue to do what he's been doing, which has been not walking guys, not giving up the deep ball. And I think that he's going to be able to do so against a Tampa Bay Rays team that has been able to move the line a little bit, but certainly has not been able to deliver the deep ball like they have in past years. So was willing to lay up to a minus 127 with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I'm going to be taking a look at them. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. Neither of these guys necessarily get a ton of strikeouts. Uh, the Rays, they're a little bit of a strikeout team in general, but I do think that for the Blue Jays, they're going to be able to do a solid job of being able to just supply a few runs in general, one of the better offenses they're going to find in baseball. So it's a spot where I'm going to be taking a look at the over and I'm going to be taking a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. And then let's take a look at a game with a little bit of a bigger money line, 921, 922 on the board. It is the Minnesota Twins. They have, they are going to be playing at home. They're going to be playing against the Kansas City Royals with Zach Granke going for the Royals. And it is Sonny Gray who's on the bump for Minnesota. And Minnesota between a minus 190 to a minus $2 favorite on the money line, I'll just give you the run line right now because they are finding themselves at a plus 110. If you're looking to lay a run and a half anywhere between plus 170 and plus 175 is your number on Kansas City. Actually seeing a plus 180 here at Circa as well. Total is 7.5. And with this total, I do think that we're starting to get to a point where it's just a little bit too low. I was willing to take up to an 8 over. And the big reason why, I was talking about the home and road splits in the last matchup of Drew Rasmussen. The biggest home and road splits of any starter I've really found this season in Major League Baseball is of the man that is going right now, Zach Granke. Granke has been actually really, really good at home this season. On the road, you want no part whatsoever of Zach Granke. As he's posted up a sub-2 ERA when he's been at home. He's been able to do a really good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as well because at home, he's given up one home run thus far this season. And he's made a lot of starts at home this season as... I believe that in total, he's made something like 12 or 13 starts, approximately 11, as he's went 60 and two-thirds innings, giving up one home run, 10 walks in that time span on the road. He has made 11 starts, 54 innings in total. He's given up 13 home runs. The home ERA, buck 93. Road ERA, 633. And he's backed up by the worst bullpen in the American League in terms of ERA. Jose Cuas has been okay. Scott Barlow has been able to give you some good innings along with Dylan Coleman, but whenever Josh Shamout was out there towards the beginning part of the season, and he's just done for the year. He's currently on the injured list. He was terrible. Colin Snyder, Amir Garrett, both of these guys are posting up north of a 5 ERA. They got rid of Joel Pyams and designated him for assignment, and he was honestly probably one of their better bullpen pieces. And then for the Minnesota Twins, Yohan Duran. He throws over 100 miles per hour. Very trustworthy in the bullpen. He, Giovanni Morin, posting up a sub-2-5 ERA. Trevor McGill has not necessarily been too trustworthy for this team, but for Sonny Gray, he's been able to do a very solid job this season of being able to keep the ball in the yard because for Sonny Gray, it has been a case where these strikeouts are down a little bit. He's been able to get about nine strikeouts for nine innings. If you take a look at what he wound up doing the last three years, he was posting up more like 10, 10 and a half strikeouts for nine innings. So has needed to rely a little bit more on soft contact and he's been able to get that in thus far this season at home has actually been able to do a better job of being able to control the walks as well. But at home, he's given up just six home runs over the course of about 60 and two-thirds innings. So he's been able to do a nice job on that front. 
the walks numbers have actually been significantly higher at home rather than on the road, which has led to his home and road splits being relatively equal, 324 road ERA compared to a 297 home ERA. But back to Paisal Bopin and for the Minnesota Twins, it is a lineup that has been missing Byron Buxton along with Ori Polanco, two of their main home run hitters. But so many guys are able to move the line for this team, including one of the best leadoff hitters that you're going to find in Luis Arias, who's been hitting right around about a 315. But then you've got Nick Gordon, Carlos Correa as well, both hitting between about a 275 to 285. Been able to get something out of Gio Urshela, who's been able to hit about a 270 as well. And for the Kansas City Royals, you do have the year two top home run hitters in Bobby Wood Jr., coupled with Salvador Perez, in between about a 242 to 250. Both of these guys have gone deep 20 times this season. And for Salvador Perez, credit where credit is due. He's been banged up for much of the season, but ever since he's come off the injured list, he's been able to hit nearly a 300. That has been good for the team, but Towards the bottom of the fold, it's a top-heavy lineup because you got guys like Kyle Isabel, Nick Prado. You're able to throw in there someone like Ryan O'Hearn, Drew Waters. They've been hitting below a 225. That has been tough for the team. Vinny Pascantino, they get him back after he wound up spending a little bit of an extended time on the injured list. But I do think that the Minnesota Twins bullpen is going to be able to do a relatively solid job in this spot, really other than Giovanni Morin. The Twins did not wind up having to use up any of their bullpen whatsoever yesterday. Meanwhile, for the Kansas City Royals, it doesn't matter who you throw off from this bullpen. It has been relatively grody, and because of that, I do like this total over. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a long day for Zach Granke, who's been one of the most different pitchers home to road all season long, to say the least. So I'm going to be willing to take the run line of the Minnesota Twins. I was willing to lay a little bit of price. Instead, we're getting a plus 110, so I want to take the plus money to go along with the over. And something else I'm taking is a look at all things football for this upcoming week as Sean Green. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be hitting upon him with a little bit of NFL and a little college football for this week next year on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the race, plus a $1,000 betting voucher for First Bet. Head on over to vsun.com slash horses now to register us. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience and we're being joined by Sean Green. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and it is always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me, Greg. It was uh, great hanging out last week in the studio, and uh, now we're going to follow it up again. Absolutely. It was great to see you and Ryan, who do great work over there here in Lovey, Las Vegas. So hopefully you guys wound up doing well in week one of the contest, and hopefully you guys wound up doing well when it came to college football as well, because I can tell you right now, it was a bloodbath for both betters. This was sort of your survive and advance week to use a little bit of a college basketball reference because, man, there are a lot of people I wound up going down. And just before we wind up diving into any of these games, how much do you think, because we're talking about week one overreactions in the NFL, how much do you think that that pertains to college football as well? Because I think that there's going to be a lot of people that they see these upsets and they're completely out on teams or vice versa, a team that pulls off an upset and think, oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sunbelt should be a two-bit conference. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it definitely happens in college uh, at just as much as the pros. And you can make a case that happens, it happens more in college. And it's a, it's a bigger swing in college because, you know, there's just way less uh, information out there. They don't have to report the injuries. We don't have any preseason. You know, the, the, the information, it's not like, oh, they have these joint practices and we can, you know, figure out the depth charts. Uh, you know, a lot of times you, you're not even, you don't even know who the starting quarterback is going into the season and they try and hide that for a competitive advantage, but it, it can make things uh, a little more difficult for betters. And so, you know, the preseason rankings come out and, and some teams are catching a bunch of hype and then uh, some teams aren't. I, I remember... Um, you know, I, I was sweating that out, uh, that BYU game out, uh, which was crazy. And, and, you know, they were doing everything they could not to win that game. I got it at two and a half. You know, they were, they were missing field goals left and right. I eventually cashed it. It was, it was a crazy sweat. But then the guy next to me who didn't really know much about college football, he's like, what? Why? He goes, I don't get it. They were favorites. The, the ranking is totally different. I go, you can't, you can't look at the uh, rankings for college football. It has really no bearing on the spread or who's going to cover. Yep. They do not wind up making these numbers based on rankings. They make them based on their power rankings. Our very own Vinny Maliulo has said that all too well. And you know what? You brought up BYU. Let's take a look at 
what we're going to be able to get out of them against Oregon as Oregon between a three and a half and a four point favorite. Going to be a little bit of an earlier game. It's going to be at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. So shall be a very interesting one. Where do you stand on this game? Because with Oregon, no question, a team that's in a little bit of transition, they wound up getting completely destroyed against Georgia. But I think that there's going to be a lot of teams that get completely destroyed by Georgia. And you mentioned it with BYU. They were trying to not close out, but fortunately, somehow, someway, they were able to. And I think that this is going to be one of the best games of the week. Yeah, and no, I'm on Oregon here. I mean, I, I know uh, that, that Georgia blowout is still fresh in people's mind, but they had a you know, get right game against Eastern Washington. They live it up against them 70 to 14. I think that was a good game for Bo Nix's confidence. He threw five touchdowns, no INTs. Again, it's FCS, but I think he needed that. And I think that Oregon program needed that. And I think, you know, Eugene is a very tough, uh, tough place to play and BYU, you know, they're two and oh against the spread, but it's, it's been a it's been a crazy sweat for them. I think they are kind of due for a letdown here. Uh, overall, I do like uh, Jaron Hall, but they, their receivers are pretty banged up, and I think that will limit their offense against Oregon. And I think Oregon's really going to be up for uh, up for this game. I think it's a good chance for them to to show that they're not as bad as they were against Georgia. Uh, you know, obviously in Georgia, they're essentially a home game for Georgia. So I like I like Oregon laying the points here. I think that that is going to be one of the best games, and I agree with you. I do think that Oregon, Autzen Stadium, one of the best home field advantages that you're going to find, especially out on the West Coast. And I need to give you a little bit of an alert. Kansas is 2-0 in a sport other than college basketball. This is absolutely unbelievable. As typically Kansas versus Houston, you think, oh, we're back in the 1980s where it's five slam and jamma going up against a great Kansas team with Danny and the Miracles and everything like that. But no. We've got a good football game between these two with Houston, currently a 10-point favorite. I'll tell you right now, I think that Lance Leipold is one of the best coaches in all of college football. His name is going to be coming up for a lot of these jobs, and he took a job in which Les Miles won as many games as myself a few years ago and has done a good job with this Kansas team. Now, I do think that the love for Kansas might at some point wind up going a little bit too far, but even at 10, I think Kansas, they've got a little bit of value. Oh, 100%. And uh, man, what a crazy game. It, it, in some ways, it, it's, it was unfortunate that Kansas was a dog because winning by winning in overtime by 13 points, it would have been great if they were like a eight-point favorite somehow because to win in overtime by 13 points is so, so rare. Um, but again, they were, you know, they, they were, they really handled them, uh, last week, uh, against West Virginia. And you're totally right. Uh, you know, one of my co-hosts Colby Dant, he was on Kansas on the money line. He's been very high on this program. And, and to me, um, you know, at some point you're right. Like maybe Kansas is kind of outplaying where they really are and, and, you know, the amount of talent they have, but they, I think this is kind of a perfect matchup, uh, for them because Houston, I mean, Houston's almost played in a, an extra game, essentially. They had the triple OT game against UTSA, and it, and just watching that, uh, Toon took a ton of shots, and then they went on the, the road to play Texas Tech and, and lost in double overtime. So they've, they've played two games and then five overtime sessions, uh, and they've been physical close games. I, I think Houston's a bit worn out. Uh, if you're giving me Kansas and 10 points, I, I love that side. And by the way, if you would have had the favorite being like an eight and a half, at eight and a half points and the favorite winds winning by 13 points in that scenario, if you have the underdog, I think you just wind up quitting sports betting for a while. 
take up some knitting, maybe underwater basket weaving might be a little bit for you because I that would just be the ultimate sadness of sadness and we'd be seeing that from Scott Van Pelt for decades to come. So that yeah. would have been very unfortunate. So hopeful so thankfully it was the underdog that wanted being able to prevail yeah. in that one. And something else that we're seeing in week three in college football, just a bunch of bondo spreads. Like Ohio State is a thirty two point favorite against Toledo. Tennessee is a big giant favorite in their game. Louisiana Monroe, they are currently 49-point underdogs against Alabama. When it comes to these games with big giant spreads, we're going to call it north of four touchdowns. Are there any games for one that you have any interest in? And how do you wind up playing these in general? Because I do think that these are some of the most difficult games to gauge because obviously they're by games. And sometimes in by games, some of the teams that they are hosting these squads, they take it a little bit easy on them in the fourth quarter. We've seen that quite a bit from Alabama. Yeah, you know, a lot of these uh, major, major spreads end up being stay games for me. Or again, you know, the first half market is, is certainly tempting. I mean, look at look at Michigan, Hawaii. Uh, I mean, who is taking Hawaii catching 53 there? That didn't feel great. But then they ended up covering because, uh, you know, how are you going to handicap you know, when they put in the third string, it's, it just really gets tough. So if you like the favorite, I would definitely look to the first half or, you know, in certain spots, if you think uh, maybe it's a look ahead spot for the huge favorite, maybe, maybe you just look to the first half in general um, because even the dog can kind of keep it close in the first half, especially if they're a home dog, you know, of the, of the games you mentioned, I think Tennessee is interesting just because I do think they are going to make a push for Hendon hooker, uh, to make a Heisman run. So I wouldn't be surprised if that game, they really go out of their way to light up his stats, you know, try and get him six passing touchdowns, uh, that kind of thing. So of those teams heading a hooker, I, I think could maybe be a stat padding game for Tennessee. Although they took him out, uh, I think in the third quarter week one, uh, I'm blanking on the opponent. So uh, of those Tennessee is the one that jumps out at me. They were playing ball state. Yeah. Ball State, I think, was like a 35-point underdog, and they were just getting buried after the first half. Yeah. So that was yeah, so very, maybe, very lovely. Maybe Tennessee first half and, and really look for the, for Hendon Hooker to pad his numbers there. Hilarious sweep from someone that said bet the mortgage on Ball State week one. So that was absolutely <laughs> tremendous. But we've got about a minute until we wind up hitting a little NFL in the next segment. Is there any college football games that are really catching your eye that we have yet to mention? Well, you know um, – UTSA, I, you know, when we were in studio uh, last week, I mean, kudos to you. You brought up uh, Marshall as a, as a good dog, and, and it does fit a, you know, dream crusher game in, in that situation. Notre Dame hung with Ohio State. They almost beat Ohio State. Uh, they didn't beat Ohio State, and then they slept through that Marshall game. I think something similar could happen in this UTSA um, versus uh, Texas game because Texas again, oh, you know, we we hung with Alabama, we covered the spread, it was such a good performance. Oh, if, ooh, you know, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, we maybe win this game. Uh, and then I could see them, you know, just looking past the UTSA team. Uh, the Roadrunners have been really solid, and they're catching 11 points. Uh, I think they could be a, a live dog as well. Certainly like them with the 11 there. And not to mention a hobbled quarterback spot as well for Texas, just all the way around. So I do like what you're, I do like your thinking there. And I always like the thinking of being able to talk a little NFL. So we shall do that next with Sean Green, who does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on the other side on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VEASAN Pro. Get full access to everything that we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recapping all the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every single game all year long, and pro tips, including our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour with actionable insights to up your sports betting game. Go to vsin.com to subscribe for this and sign up for a discounted football special and get vsin Pro all access everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175 or save just 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. vsin.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience and Great to be joined by Sean Green. He does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And we, in the last segment, talked a little college football. Now we got to go to the pros. And you've got all the Eagles stuff behind you. So I think that it's in my contract that we lead off with the Eagles, who on Sunday night, before we wound up seeing everything that we saw, the Eagles were about a three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. Now this is a game that has come down to more like two to two and a half. So I think it is an intriguing spot. And if anything, I'd be willing to lay the small number because it has come down from three. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this game, but was relatively impressed by the Eagles offense. Defense left a little bit of something to be desired late in the game and liked what I saw to the Vikings as well. But once again, the Packers were in complete and utter disarray in week one. Yeah, you know, uh, the Eagles defense, again, they couldn't close out um, some poor tackling there. I mean, as a fan, I'm talking myself into the idea that, hey, they had a three-score lead and they were kind of, you know, playing off there a little bit. There there was some times there where the defense looked pretty good. Uh, they did have the pick six there, but ultimately, you know, you can't let up 35 points to the Lions. But I do think the Lions are, are, are certainly going to be a little more, bit uh, more competitive uh, this year than they were in previous years. But, um, you know, Eagles at home on a Monday night, uh, home opener, Lincoln Financial Field is going to be rocking. And I, I know Justin Jefferson had an amazing week one. To me, I think the the key will be for the Eagles to be able to slow down Dalvin Cook. Like, I, I think Justin Jefferson is going to get his, but you can't let Jefferson and Cook beat you both. So I think if they can at least slow down Cook, and 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 stop the run game and and force Kirk Cousins to beat you with the pass. I, I think that's a decent spot to be in. And I think they keep feeding AJ Brown. Like I, I don't know if he gets 10 catches for 155 yards like he did last week, but I still think he's going to be a matchup nightmare. You know, that's what the Packers struggled with. They didn't have a big bodied uh, receiver like a Devontae Adams uh, to really go up against these uh, Minnesota Vikings cornerbacks that I don't think really were tested uh, week one. Now they are coming off a game where they beat the hated Green Bay Packers. Huge win. Everyone's applauding them. And now you got to go on the road into Philly. And this Eagles team, I think you, you listen to the press clippings, uh, they are certainly not feeling themselves. I, I think they felt like they could have played a better game. They certainly left some plays on the table. So I think they're going to come out motivated and hungry. And uh, I, I think I think they're going to be able to put up some points against this Vikings defense. I'm sure they're hearing about it from those that wind up having them in circa millions, much like myself. So they yeah. are going to come out motivated. Kidding, of course, on that front. But I do think that it's a relatively good spot for the Eagles being able to get off that number of three. I think is very important. And speaking of numbers, you just take a look at the amount of double-digit amount of favorites that we've got on the board as of right now. Could wind up coming down in a few spots, but I'm seeing right around three or four double-digit favorites. And... I'm not sure about you, but I'm not jazzed up about laying it with any of these teams. If 
any team, I'd be probably willing to lay it most with the LA Rams, but that's at 10.5 as well, so you wind up getting off the 10-2, and it's a week where I feel like I'm going to be playing a lot of double-digit underdogs because I just mentioned the team I would most rather take laying the points would be the Rams, but even them, I'm going to be staying away from that. I would still probably want the points, if anything, with the Falcons, but I'm not sure about you, but I think that this is going to be a week in which I'm going to be taking a lot of points. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough to say, uh, you know, right now looking at the slate, any of these giant favorites uh, jump out at you. I was able to get a Bengals minus seven uh, before it moved up. Um, You know, I'm not normally a a guy who's going to take non-conference road favorites uh, laying, you know, laying seven and certainly seven and a half. I think the exception here is um, how bad Joe Burrow played in in what I feel like is probably an outlier game. Um, they're going to look back to, to bounce back in a huge way. And, and the Cowboys team, maybe they rally around uh, Cooper Rush. But again, if Dak Prescott couldn't get them a touchdown last week, I think they could struggle uh, against this Bengals team. And I think the Bengals defense actually matches up pretty good uh, against the Cowboys offense, who, again, just don't, you know, it, it seems like a fairly easy way to defend the Cowboys. You know, you load the box, maybe slow down Zeke and, I don't even know if you're going to have to double uh, C.D. Lamb because Cooper Rush, is he really going to be able to pick the the Bengals secondary apart? I, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup. And, you know, I, I don't know if the, uh, the, the Dallas secondary can handle uh, Jamar Chase and especially if they get T. Higgins back. So. Um, I, I think that I think the I think the Cowboys could be in trouble there. And certainly the team is going to be pretty down uh, on their season overall. And the team that I like actually the most out of some of these double-digit underdogs as well, I just take a look at the Seattle Seahawks catching 10 points against the San Francisco Giants, and it is calling my name. Geno Smith has actually covered, I believe now, each out of his last nine games as a starter, which I don't think a lot of people would associate Geno Smith and making money for you, but that has been the case for our good friend Geno, and I think that you were talking about a little bit earlier, not trusting in Trey Lance, and I had the opinion of coming into the season for 2022 and 2022 only, Jimmy Garoppolo gives the San Francisco 49ers right now the best chance to win. 2023, 2024, moving forward, I'm willing to certainly entertain Trey Lance being a better option. I do think that he is a better option moving forward, but this year, I don't think that Trey Lance is what's best for the San Francisco 49ers, and I think that he could be a little bit of a burden for them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has to be a patient man because we've all seen those stats of Kyle Shanahan his record without Jimmy G as a starter is now eight and 28 after they lost as a, what was it? Seven, eight point road favorite in Chicago. I don't think Trey Lance should be a double digit favorite uh, against anyone really. I mean, I didn't see much of, of his ability to read uh, defensive progressions. I just didn't see it. I mean, I, I think situationally, I guess the 49ers have going for them was that Seattle won a, you know, a big emotional game at home on Monday night, but 10 points in a division game. I'm always looking to, to play the dog here. And I like what I saw out of that Seattle defense. And you're right. Geno Smith has covered nine games in a row. Uh, he had a great line where everyone wrote him off. He just didn't write back yet. I, I like the fire from this team. I think the offense, um, while not super dynamic, I think can be efficient. And I think the defense and Pete Carroll can keep them in game. So you're giving me 10 points with the Seattle team. That that just feels like way too much because there's just still so many questions with Trey Lance. I'm still trying to wrap my head around 
um, you know, why they didn't just use those picks and draft capital to build around Jimmy G or just not trade up and, and take Mac Jones there at the 12 spot. I, I still don't really understand it um, because the bar is set incredibly high for Trey Lance. I mean, Jimmy G was a couple plays away from taking them to another Super Bowl. So for Trey Lance to be viewed as a success, he has to win the Super Bowl. I, I think he's in a really no-win spot here. Um, and, and maybe he's able to do enough with the running game, but then, you know, the 49ers are without Elijah Mitchell. I, maybe they get George Kittle back this week. Um, you know, groin injuries can really be nagging. I'd be shocked if he's a hundred percent. Uh, they just don't have a lot going for them. Uh, minus their defense. Like their defense obviously is very good. Um, this sets up to be a pretty ugly game in my eyes. So I'll take the team, uh, the division dog catching 10 points. Yep. Low total on that game of 42 and a half. This game has a little bit of a higher total, 51 and a half, and we've seen this one come up quite a bit. The Raiders, they are now a five and a half, seeing even a stray six at DraftKings, point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals, and there are a lot of people are out on the Arizona Cardinals, and no doubt that was a bad showing, and I do think that not having DeAndre Hopkins out there, it's a big deal. I feel like this might be a little bit too big of a line move, even though I know that everyone is trying to avoid the Arizona Cardinals like the plague right now. Not sure where you stand on this game, but I think the hate might have went a little bit too far on the Cardinals. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I, I would have to double check the number there, but usually, you know, it, over at the Sports Game on Podcast, we have this uh, historical play. We always would call you the Close Your Eyes Special, where a team <laughs> underperforms the spread by 21 points and they're catching points the following week. You can't think about it. You just got to close your eyes and, and take the Cardinals because in general, these guys are professionals. So if they're underperforming the spread by 21 points and they're still viewed as a dog, there inherently uh, is some value for them. So I think that would be the big situational spot uh, for them. And, and, you know, Derek Carr, maybe he was pressing a little bit or, or maybe they just haven't worked things out yet. You know, teams who really took it soft in the preseason and, uh, you know, not super aggressive playing these guys. They seem to struggle offensively and, and and looked out of sync. And I definitely have the Raiders in that box. It'll be an interesting uh, bounce back game here for the Raiders. But you're right. Uh, the Cardinals have a have a pretty good offense. You catch up five and a half points. The concern is that that defense is just uh, looking fairly rough. Yeah, it is looking relatively rough. Unlike you, Sean, you always do an amazing job when you join me. A big thanks to Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for joining me. And in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, hitting on some baseball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special lace them up. And Bet Rivers has you covered with parlay insurance and touchdown insurance offerings for every single Sunday all season long. Build a parlay with at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet of up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet if they score a touchdown at any time. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app as it's a whole new game as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. A big thanks to Sean Green. Does tremendous work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And in our chat with him, we got the pro tip for this hour. And if you become a VEASAN pro, you wind up getting all these. We give out 20 in total as it's one per hour every single show. So you're able to sort them by sport, by show, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And this one Geno Smith has covered each out of his last nine games as a starter. So teams with Geno Smith as their starter, 9-0 against the spread in their last nine games, which I find that to be very interesting. Geno Smith wound up taking us by storm in week number one. We shall see if that's the case in week number two, as currently the Seahawks are catching 10 points. I think that that's a couple too many, especially with what we wound up seeing out of the 49ers last week. And, until Trey Lance is not the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers or the calendar turns to 2023 and beyond, really do not wind up having a lot of faith in them. What I do have faith in is that Follow the Money is going to be able to deliver a great show as that's coming up 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern. They are locked and loaded. It is going to be a great show from Mitch and Polly. They always deliver the goods, but here in the final segment, I have to try to find us some money here on this MLB Wednesday as we don't have any college football. We don't have any NFL, but we've got plenty of baseball. All 30 teams are in action. So let's go with my DK Nation pick as we go to an interleague series between the Baltimore Orioles and the Washington Nationals. 927-928 on the board. It is Tyler Wells who hopes to pitch Wells for the Baltimore Orioles and Patrick Corbin. He's going to be on the bump for Washington. 
Hopefully you like what I did there with Wells. But with that said, the total on this game is 8.5 for Baltimore. They're anywhere between a minus 140 to a minus 145 favorite. Between plus 120 and plus 135 is the number on Washington. And for Patrick Corbin, he's chasing the wrong kind of history right now. He is perhaps going to be becoming the first 20-game loser in the MLB since Mike Maroth wound up doing so for the Detroit Tigers in 2003, and he is the lone 20-game loser since 1980. And for Patrick Corbin, he currently sits at 18 losses, and it's not because he's been doing a good job of pitching. He's got a 6.30 ERA, 1.7 home runs per nine innings. Opponents are hitting a 3.22 off of him, and he got a total of 8.5, which I really like over because for Patrick Corbin, he's actually been a little bit better in his last four starts. Two runs are fear surrendered, and each out of it in three out of his last four. So if he winds up pitching well, you do have a little bit of a safety net because of how the Washington Nationals have performed recently. Five plus runs, and now 10 out of the last 14 games. He had opportunity upon opportunity if he bet the over on the game on Tuesday. Both teams, they wanted just coming up snake eyes time and time again, as I believe that they wanted going four of 24 as a collective with men in scoring position. And both of these bullpens are taxed. The Orioles had to go to their bullpen for four innings on Tuesday. The Nationals, six innings out of their bullpen. That's not great. The Nationals, they have a bullpen ERA that is in the bottom 10 in the big leagues as well. And for Baltimore, you've been able to get a little bit more offense out of this unit. And it's been a relatively balanced Baltimore Orioles team as well as Anthony Santander has been the main home run hitter for this team. He's been able to still go 27 home runs. And then the man that went deep on Tuesday in Ryan Mountcastle, he's got 22 now. For Mountcastle, he's only been able to about a 200 plus all-star break. But overall for the season, he, Ryan McKenna, Austin Hayes, Adelie Rushman, Santander, who I mentioned, all these guys hitting between about a 245 to 255. And then Cedric Mullins at the top of the fold, seeing a 265. And the Orioles actually put men in motion, unlike most teams where You've got Mullins along with Ori and Mateo. Both of these guys rank in the top 10 in terms of stolen bases in the league. Mullins now north of 30. And for the Washington Nationals, the reason why this offense has been able to rise up a bit is because of the journeyman minor leaguer that has been able to provide a lot. His name is Joey Manessis. He's hitting a 330 for this Washington Nationals team. Just a guy that in general was looking for an opportunity and he has been able to get it. So, Credit where credit is due on that front. He's also been able to supply the deep ball as well. About 150 at-bats. He's been able to slug out eight home runs. So has been able to help out with that regard. Because other than Luke Voigt, who's got 19 home runs, the only other guy that really has 13-plus this season, that'd be Lane Thomas. But for Lane Thomas, along with Kibar Ruiz, you've got someone like Cesar Hernandez. These guys are in between about a 240 to a 255. So these guys have been able to do a solid job. I'll be able to move the line as well. So I like the way that the Baltimore Orioles are coming in with regards to the offense. And for Tyler Wells, he wound up spending the entire month of August on the injured list. Came back in his first start last Wednesday against against the Toronto Blue Jays. And he pitched just two innings. Now for Tyler Wells, he's got a fielding independent that is higher than his ERA. He's been quite lucky on balls in play. Opponents have been able to hit about a 231 off of him. But I do think that that is going to be going northward. And you were seeing the signs of regression in the month of July. In July, he wound up making his last four starts, and in all four of those starts, three-plus runs surrendered in fewer than five and two-thirds innings, and every one of them giving up five home runs across those four starts. So you wound up seeing things starting to go down the toilet bowl for him, and I do think that they are going to be continuing to do so. I do think that the Nationals are going to be able to get to him, but I certainly do think that the Baltimore Orioles are going to continue the long demise of Patrick Corbin. It has not been a good season for him. He's allowed the most hits 
of any pitcher in the league, and I do think that that demise is going to continue. My DK Nation write-up is going to be on the over. I set my total north of 9, so being able to get an 8.5 relatively solid value. And for the Orioles, I do think that there's good value in them being able to win this game by multiple runs. Right now, money line between minus 140 and a minus 145, but if you're willing to lay the run and half, banking on a little bit of scoring from the Baltimore Orioles, you'll able to get anywhere between about a plus 115, and I'm even seeing some plus 120s out there right now, and I do think that that's some solid value in the circumstance. So I'm going to be taking a look at that run line of the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. And then another game that I do find to be very fascinating because I'm talking about the over in Nationals versus Orioles. How about a Miami Marlins team that they cannot generate runs to save their lives? This is 905-906 on the board. The Philadelphia Phillies hit the road. They're facing off against the Miami Marlins. Edward Cabrera is going to be going for the fish, and Kyle Gibson is on the bump for Philadelphia. Philadelphia between a minus 125 to a minus 130 favor between plus 110 and plus 120. The number on Miami with the total 7F. And for the Miami Marlins, it is now three runs or fewer in 33 out of their last 38 games. Now, I will say, one of those games came last week against the Philadelphia Phillies where Kyle Gibson not just gave up three-plus runs to the Miami Marlins, he gave up three runs in an inning. Kyle Gibson has been all over the place because he had four straight starts where he allowed three runs or fewer, and since then against the San Francisco Giants and the Miami Marlins, things have went straight down the toilet bowl. But the good news is this is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out in Miami. You've got Edward Cabrera, who has been lights out. He had one start where he got tattooed by the LA Dodgers. I believe that he wound up giving up five or six runs in that start. His other five starts since coming off the injured list, he's been giving up a grand total of four runs in those. Edward Cabrera does wind up giving up a couple too many walks, which does knock him out of games a little bit early, as he's been giving out right around four walks per nine innings. But with Cabrera, this guy has really electrifying stuff. He's been able to get a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings at the major league level. If you take a look at him at the minor league level, he was getting right around 12 and a half punch outs per nine innings. Does need to work on that command. And he does have a fielding independent that points towards a little bit of regression because he has been giving up about a home run per nine innings as well, but has been able to do a solid job. And he's backed up by a decent bullpen. Someone like Dylan Floro, Yimmy, or not Yimmy Garcia, but Rather, Richard Blyer, both of these guys have been able to give you a sub 3-4 ERA. Stephen Okert has been able to do a solid job in this bullpen as well. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, their bullpen is fortified by Sir Anthony Dominguez coming off the injured list. He, Brad Hand, have been able to do a solid job posting up a sub 3 ERA. On top of that, Connor Brogdon has been able to lend some good innings. David Robertson, since he came over at the trade deadline, that has been good. And you do have a Phillies team that they do have a very solid offense, though he doesn't hit for a lot of average. You've got Kyle Schwarber slugging out over 35 home runs. Guys like Alec Bohm have been able to do a good job of reaching base along. I think Mayton both are hitting above a 285. Arguably the best hitting catcher in all of baseball since the beginning of the month of July has been JT Riamuto. So you do have those bats out there. And for the Miami Marlins, just I can't believe what I'm going to say. It is now September 14th. And with the Miami Marlins, you don't have a single player that is going to be healthy and able to play in this game with more than eight home runs this season. Brian De La Cruz, along with Garrett Cooper, have eight home runs this season for the Miami Marlins. There's just no trusting in this offense. Now, I think that Edward Cabrera is actually going to be able to shut down the Philadelphia Phillies. He has been terrific, and that is what you're going to need if you're going to be able to bet on 
the Miami Marlins because the offense is providing you a big giant nothing burger and I think that that nothing burger is going to continue. I did wind up saying my total at a 6.6. So looking at the under, was willing to take anything of a plus 110 or greater with the Miami Marlins because I do think that the pitching advantage is that good for Miami. So looking Marlins and looking over. And something else I am looking at is a tremendous show from Mitch and Polly on Follow the Money. They're coming your way 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network. Football is here. The VSIN team has what you need to know. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power readings, VSIN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts NFL veteran birds, NFL veteran birds, NFL veteran birds. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.